Hello, and welcome back to the Full Transparency with Rebecca podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I have a special guest uh, with you today, and it's going to be super simple. Like always, we're going to do our first question um, of what is your name and how would you define the word transparent or transparency? Hi, my name is Faith, and I think transparency is um, the practice of just being completely honest with people about what you think and feel about things. Um, But I do think that there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Um, I think it's important for us as just women, but especially as Christians to be transparent and to um, just share with the world and share with each other, like exactly what you're going through and like what God's been doing for you. And um, yeah, I think it helps strengthen our testimony. It helps strengthen uh, you know, people's faith around us and say like, Hey, like mm, for sure. I'm going through this thing, but God is good. For sure. That's good. So we are coming off of, uh, our YA conference, which for those who have listened, you have heard that, uh, Brandon, my husband and myself are the young adults pastors at our church. And we just came, we just went to a conference. Uh, we brought 15, including ourselves, um, to this conference and God just showed up. So uh, our first question is, what were your before conference like thoughts or prayers like going into um, these two days? Yeah, um, I had just gone through probably the most insanely tumultuous week I have ever been through. Um, and I'll be honest, it rocked me. I'm just being transparent here. Um, That's what we're all about. And yeah. And I, I was just talking with my friend and she was saying like, well, you should write down like what you're expecting God to do this weekend. And mm. like, you always hear that, but like, you don't actually always do it. For and sure. I was like, ah, I want to do that, but I'm not just going to like, God, I want to feel your presence and I want the music to be good. I was like, definitely in a place of hurt coming to God and being fully yeah. transparent and vulnerable. Um, and I wrote down a list of things that I wanted him to show me and to prove to me. And, um, and he met me in those things, but yeah, I was just kind of going into it, expecting God to answer those things. And even if he didn't just to meet me there and comfort me. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, being transparent, uh, cause I haven't done my episode. So you guys get a two part episode, uh, today of, uh, what God did for me at conference along with uh, Faith here. Uh, going into the conference, I was definitely just exhausted. Like, being a leader in the church, like, I love conferences. I love what conferences do. But, like, being the person leading it, I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I am responsible for everyone, and I – I've always fought the tension going into conferences of like, because I'm the leader, because I'm the pastor, like I have to reserve part of my mental, emotional, physical energy because I'm here to lead people. So there's a part of me that I'm like, I have to reserve part of this mental, emotional energy because post this session, post this conference, like people might have questions, people might need me to be a rock so I have to allow myself to feel my emotions allow God to move but also not absolutely crumble 
because that's usually how conferences go for me is I just absolutely just melt and crumble in a good way not like a bad way of like I'm falling apart but like there's a there's that tension of like I'm the pastor like I have to at, in at some level I have to keep it together like be transparent with my congregation and be transparent with like hey I am struggling in some areas but like holding that it's a fine line of ministry of like yes you get a window to what's going on in our lives but like you don't get fully submerged because there is that separation of like we're like I said like we're the pastors you're the congregation so going into it I was like I was just so exhausted like school's kicking my butt like I've already done like four conferences this school year like it's just been everyone says fall is so slow go work at a church there's no For slow real. season. There is zero slow season in the church. Everyone's like, oh, just wait till you have a slow season. Where? Where? In the, yeah, there's not. And for some people, there are. But, like, Brittany and I are in a season where, like, our noses are to the ground. And we're just working hard. And so going into it, I was just like, you know what, Lord? Like, praying, praying, driving to the church. I was like, Lord, I'm already frustrated. Like, you got to correct this attitude and this behavior because I'm already frustrated and I haven't even seen my congregation yet. Mm. So that's where I was going into it. Yeah. I think that's so good that you mentioned um, just like being a leader, being a pastor and how there's that level of, um, I can't show you this. I can't show you all of this. I have to at least hold this part together mm -hmm. um, and I can't be completely undone and wrecked. But I, it breaks my heart when I hear that because how many people experience that and that pressure is so there Yeah, because we see in our leaders too. And that's just the way it's always been done. But, you know, I just, I wonder if, if it would be, if it would be more um, impactful for somebody to see maybe somebody who is uncomfortable to to get to that point themselves right if if they were to see that uh i don't know just that raw moment that yeah happens. well but, that's why like the podcast is a thing and like our youtube channel is a thing because i can i get to choose and have an yeah. outlet of where i can be vulnerable and open yeah. for anyone who wants to see that i love that and like I do put everything out there. Well, not like everything, but like the things that I don't feel comfortable sharing in the moment with my congregation. Like I'd be like, here, have this podcast mm -hmm. episode. It may explain a lot more, but yeah. that's a whole, I could go on for hours <laughs> on that topic. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Uh, the other question, because we're keeping it not short and sweet, but short and sweet, is what is your post-conference revelations mm. or what did what did god do um i think ignore the paper flips that you're hearing <laughs> i think uh there was just so many things i was talking with my husband last night um as he's trying to fall asleep and i'm like no i want to talk in process we're going into finals week we're not gonna have time together <laughs> finals but, uh, <laughs> yeah y'all college is hard dude for <laughs> real it's insane um anyways so i I was talking with him about it and I was thinking um, before we sat down for this about um, 
just really the book for the big main takeaways. And that is just hard when you have like 30 pages of notes and your hand is cramped after like two days of writing mm. to figure out what exactly you want to talk about. But um, I think the, the big moment for me was um, at the end of the last session, like right before we go home. And honestly, that's how it is at conferences, isn't it? Like that is like, that is the sledgehammer. That is the, if you've been resisting at all this whole weekend, this whole conference, like God is, God will meet you there. The pastor will meet you there. Oh, for sure. Uh, but they had an altar call and my husband and I, we'd already knew that we were both going up there, but we were somehow, and this never happens for us, but we made it like front and center. And um, that right there in itself, like hits home just because of being, unseen you know yeah but um anyway god made a way for us to be there and we were there and the pastor was praying and he was talking and he was like who here's done this or felt this or whatever and he was just talking about um some of the things that were hitting home for me was like ministry things or hey you've been called to something and you just don't think that you have it in you and he mentioned moses and that was just kind of a big thing for me because um the last few months, God has been bringing me to the Old Testament, which is kind of scary. But instead of it being scary, like here's all these numbers and names and genealogy, he kept bringing me to the miracles. Yeah. God kept showing me what he did. And with Moses, Moses had a stutter. Moses, you know, couldn't talk. He couldn't speak. He was not confident in his ability to do what God called him to do. And I think I'd spoken with you about this before. Um, several times. And I think even afterwards, it was like, uh, God, are you really telling me to do this? But, right. um, but preaching for me, getting up and holding a microphone, even having the microphone here in front of me, my mouth is like dry and I'm like, <laughs> my heart is racing. But um, yeah, that was what came to mind was I've been resisting this thing because of the physiological things that are happening Yeah, and thinking that the anxiety or the anticipation was a bad thing, that that meant that I wasn't supposed to do this. For sure. And um and so when he was speaking to that, um, it was like, oh, I've been resisting this thing. And this wasn't even in my box of things, my list of things that I had wanted God to speak to. Right. This was an extra thing. This was something where God was like, okay, I see your stupid little list and I'm going to meet it because I love you. But also stop running. Stop <laughs> like here, hiding. <laughs> here, I'm going to do this list, but also. But also. Yeah. So that, that like would have been enough honestly yeah had god not even answered the five like that would have been enough because that's something that i've been struggling with for for years from yeah. the beginning um which has been for um, going on five years now since i've been called into ministry and pursuing yeah. that but um the big thing that god spoke to the other two big things that god spoke to were belonging um the wednesday before mm -hmm. so we went friday and the wednesday before after uh well not even after but the whole day leading up but mostly the, after um, our Wednesday night gathering, because um, I volunteer and help with uh, the youth gathering for our, our church, um, the whole night I have been struggling with feeling like I don't belong. Yeah. And I'm not going to cry, but I feel it. I feel it. It's so real. <laughs> it's okay. I've cried many times on this podcast. <laughs> I, I felt like I didn't belong. And I had tried having multiple conversations with multiple people of like, hey, help me i'm hurting and i don't feel like i belong and i don't mm -hmm. feel like i'm enough and i don't feel like i'm supposed to be here so hard when those aren't actually truly things that i believe those were just feelings in the moment those were feelings of me thinking someone else thought or felt something towards yeah. me. yeah 
and um, I remember being so afraid because I I was to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, if this is going to be like a nightmare, if this is going to be like a repeat of like how awful I was, me, not other people, how awful I was and perceived things the first time, then I don't want to be here and do this because that's not why I felt God called me to do this. I felt mm-hmm. like he brought me to this program again to show one that he can heal and he can with mature people, which he yeah. But he also wanted to show me that there was more for me to learn here. Um, and so I was just completely devastated. And um, yeah, some important conversations happened that night and kind of helped to slow the the rock slide. I had uh, my youth pastor, I'd walked past him and another person talking and they had mentioned the two things of insecurity and belonging. And I was like, um, okay, Lord, you're just going to like drop this conversation happening casually past me. No, I'm going to be a part of this. Like you have an answer for me. And it was just this moment where I got to see my youth pastor be vulnerable and to share and talk about like insecurities that he had, which yes, people have insecurities. We're human. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just a moment of like, okay, even in my suffering, God's still meeting me. And the other thing was he spoke to um, the five, which I'm not going to go too deep into, but it's this ministry thing that God's been like. But y'all, one of these days, we're going to go so deep into this thing. It's so exciting. I wish I filmed these because I'm literally like, (laughs) I'm in a ball right now because I'm (laughs) so excited for this ministry, y'all. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. But you know how it is, like when God gives you, finally starts giving you the framework and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, here's the framework. I had I have chills even now talking about it. I have it written down in a journal because I sat in the car talking to my husband and we talked about the framework and like, I felt like God, like that was the thing that was like, yeah, we're going, we're going to do this. Yeah. I can, like, this is something I can see myself doing. These are skills that I have. These are gifts that I have. These are passions that I have. And that's just the beginning. And so when God spoke to the five after that in a i was actually at a young adult lunch with you and your husband which is kind of insane that god brought that up then mm-hmm. um and with everything that you and i have been through which is a whole oh, yeah that's a whole different <laughs> but i i we should write a on, book together we should we should <laughs> i think that would be great if i can get past the adhd part <laughs> but um it'll take 10 years but we'll write it i i just remember god speaking to me he said the five and i couldn't understand what it meant and um I started, was started thinking like I have too much on my plate, and I hadn't I hadn't eaten because I didn't have an appetite that even, mm-hmm. that afternoon. But I went and grabbed one of the plates and I sat down and I just started writing everything on there. And God started like pouring into me what that would look like. And I still didn't understand the phrasing of the five, but He started adding more to that picture. Yeah. And so this this weekend, this conference that we went to, um, I was getting prayed for, and the pastor grabbed my hand, which y'all. I, I can't explain it. It's not a Benny Hinn moment, but <laughs> it is definitely one of those moments where it's like, oh God, you see me, you sent this person, like I'm not invisible. And even if right. you hadn't, like it still would have been amazing. But um, as he grabbed my hand, he started praying for me and he mentioned David picking up the five smooth stones and putting them in the sling. And from the Moses thing and all the things that were spoken into me that weekend and connecting with people, um, having that there, I, I, I hit my knees and I was like sobbing. <laughs> it was a mess. There was no, 
being a pastor in that moment. Yeah. There was no reserved. Like I I was like, Lord, you you just answered the last of all the list. Mm-hmm. And so uh looking back, God not only did he meet all my list, but he he gave me a tribe, which happens to be the young adults, which I mean, I feel like I should have seen it coming, but right. I did not. I get that. <laughs> and um, and he, the five is something that I'm still working on. He kind of just gave me another puzzle piece to it. So, so awesome. Piece of information. But yeah, I have a belonging. I have a calling and I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So. Yeah, that's so cool. So <laughs> what God did in my life is actually he broke the stigma that I have as a leader going into mm. going into those things of it was the last like bit of worship and I was just like okay I'm I'm gonna worship like I'm here like I can participate and give um sorry my husband texted me um and give 95 percent but I was like, Lord, like, I feel like I need to reserve this. Like, how how do I lead through crumbling? Mm-hmm. And the Lord was like, just go. He's like, before the session, like, even started, he was like, there's going to be an altar call. You're going to go up. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. Wow. I was like, I'm going to pray for people. Like, I, me and Brandon are friends with the pastor who put it on. So mm-hmm. shout out Morgan Butcher. Here at Venture Church, um, we're friends with we're friends with Morgan, and I was like, okay, Morgan's gonna like do the altar call and be like, okay, all of my leaders, I need you up front to to respond with everyone. That's not what happened. Morgan wasn't even on stage the whole weekend until like the very end. Like he was like, all right, we're closing. Bye. Like, all right, Morgan, I see you. Weird flex. All right. <laughs> Um, no, Pastor Manny from Dallas, Texas. Shout out to Pastor Manny, dude. Yeah. Um, he did the altar call, and I was like, all right, whatever. Lord, you asked me to respond. I will respond. And me and Brandon just, we just sat there. Just hands, not even, like, fully raised, but, like, the, again, I wish I was recording, but, like, the, like. We're at the shoulder length. Yeah. The, like I'm I am surrendering, but like my shoulders are tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been praising you and listening to you all weekend, Jesus. I like feel I feel the yeah, I feel it. Um and I was like, okay, Lord, like you you've given a dream, you've spoken things into our lives, mm-hmm. like it's you. Like there's nothing that I don't want to pursue anything if it's not what you have for me. So good. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, my children, up to you. Mm. Like, it's not a new topic on the podcast. I have PCOS. I stopped treatment. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being emotionally drained. Lord, uh, you're going to heal my body when it's your time. And give speaking these big dreams of being a, having a doctorate degree. I'm 24 pursuing a doctorate degree. So proud of you. Like people don't get doctorate degrees pre 40s, 50s. Mm. Like that's not this is my Gen Z showing y'all. <laughs> 
but I'm part of this gender. And that was something that he spoke. He was like, you're Gen Z. You're not a millennial. Like you are Gen Z. And I was like, I know that, but like, what does that even mean? And that this idea of me being Gen Z is I got these big dreams and nobody's going to stop me. Mm. Nothing against y'all's that are millennials. Like it's nothing against you guys, but like you guys have big dreams that you're just like, uh, I need this list done first. And I'm like, I don't need a list. I'm just going to go <laughs> and whatever happens, happens. I love and, and I'm experiencing this in the aspect of like, I just learned a couple hundred dollar expensive lesson. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to spend all this money to do sugar scrubs and bath soaks, which I'm still going to do. It's not rejoice, rejoice and relax is not ending. It's just expanding into something so bigger than I could even imagine. But I was like, oh, that was kind of an expensive lesson. Mm -hmm. But it could have been a lot worse. You could have never pursued it. I could have never pursued it. And rejoice and relax could have never been a thing in my heart and in my mind. <laughs> Y'all good. And so God was just like, this is the dream. This is, which like, isn't even like one dream. Mm -hmm. Like rejoice and relax is. A piece of all of the dreams. It's together. so much, it's so much bigger. It's me being a small business owner. It's me being a manager. It's me being a principal. Ooh, I just said that out loud. Um, I want to start a school. I want to start in middle school and high school. And I don't know how that fits in with the fact that I'm getting a doctorate degree in counseling, but like, hey, uh, if the Lord, and this could just be that I've never been able to dream before. I did not grow up in a household that allowed me to dream. Same. So yeah. like the Lord is speaking these dreams. Well, I feel these dreams. The Lord could just be speaking them to be to get me excited. Mm -hmm. Or the Lord could be like, this is the dream. This is what we're doing. I want a farm. I want 30 acres of land to have a homestead. I want as many children as the Lord wants to bless to me. Um, my heart says only four, but like my mind says, Lord, like, give me a tribe. Give me, give me the tribe. Me and this is, <laughs> I don't know if the Thurmans can handle 13 children. Oh, I don't know. Not with your own practice and the school. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Financially we're set mentally. I don't know if I could be a good mom to 13 children. But this is like, that's the, yeah, that's the thing, though, about dreaming and asking God for something. Don't don't dream small. Don't ask small. No, that, that is not a, a faith ask. That is a, hey, if that's not too much to ask, could you add this in there? You know, my <laughs> can you husband, just throw me a bone here? <laughs> when he started this new position at his job, um, he he was upset because he asked for uh, 65000 in this company. That's kind of cheap was like now nah, we'll give you fifty thousand, and he was wrestling with it and um, i know money's taboo but he went back and he looked through his old notebook um and through the five-year plan that he put up or like had written out mm -hmm. and he said by age 30 i want to have 50 i want to be making fifty thousand a year he's 27 at the time hey or just turned 28 and making fifty thousand. he's like ah so that's what i get for asking low <laughs> like and he just experienced it again but um, yeah it's those things that, like, walking away from this conference, like, again, not even, I'm not even in the auditorium. Mm -hmm. I am, like, standing 
watching all of Venture Church's interns do their thing and just the Holy Spirit just ever so quietly like the Holy Spirit does goes Rebecca be bold I'm like what you mean what kind of bold you talking about <laughs> like go walk up to Morgan and say I'm doing an outbreak next year kind of bold or like go talk to Nicole Morgan's wife about something completely different I was like I'm just gonna stand here until you tell my feet to move got it that's what that was about yeah that was that was not I was me and Faith were everyone was out in the van me and Faith were just chilling together and Faith was like all right I'm leaving and I was like okay um I can't and I had this really amazing conversation with uh Nicole and I was like okay that's the bold that you're asking me to do you're asking me to take myself out of my comfort zone, which, like, mm-hmm. all year long. Dude, one of my favorite sayings that you'll hear me say for the rest of my life that God's been working on me for the last couple of years is discomfort stimulates growth. Ooh, that could yeah. preach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I've been working on that one, but it's literally written on my desk. Um, but it's one of those things that, that God's been just reminding me that, like, just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean it's bad. I think we mm. humans try to label something as good or bad, but like we don't have that view that God does. And if we label something as good or bad, then we, we kind of like have an opinion about it. And now we look at it that way. Yeah. But if we just say, this is just the way that it is and it sucks right now, but God, I'm trusting you to turn this around. I'm trusting you to use this. And I just surrender this to you. Yeah. That's so good. I hate to cut everything off, but I have to go to work. So thank you so much, Faith, for being on the podcast. Thank you. I'm sure we will hear more from you. Um, But yeah, listeners, Faith, continue to live your most transparent life. Thank you. Live your most transparent life that you can. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.